so we're now up to the ninth track on Prince's 1999 album. We're up to the final side on his double LP, which would be either side D or Ford. And joining me again to chat about Lady Cab Driver is Karen Chedrick. Welcome back to the show, Karen. Thank you, Jason. Thank you for having me. I think that it's been a while since we've chatted. We were last discussed Controversy, the first song on Prince's last album. But there's been a lot of a lot of tracks in between Controversy and Lady Cab Driver. So uh, what have you been up to? What? How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm just getting ready for the holidays. And I guess like most Prince fans, I did get the, the 1999 box set. I got the CDs. I didn't get the albums. But, you know experiencing 1999 all over again has just been really fun it's just taking me back to you know when i saw the 1999 concert and just how amazing that album is yeah no that's excellent i i also just recently received the super deluxe edition of the 1999 reissue uh remaster as well and and it's been quite a journey listening to that um kind of like an early christmas present for me personally i mean it, i i was debating whether or not i should save it because i had all of the mp3s so i could hear it anyway and i was waiting right. to i was debating whether or not i was going to wait to open it on christmas just to kind of give myself a christmas gift <laughs> but i was too impatient i was unable to do that so i i cracked it open and uh, just enjoying the whole package the whole the whole um, remaster reissue there's a lot of tracks on there uh, lady cab driver sounds great as all the rest of the songs do as well. It does, it does. And it's just nice to hear all of the the unreleased music, just to see how just extremely talented he was at such a young age. You yeah, know? for sure. He was very prolific as well, with two yes. discs worth of vault tracks at our disposal now, officially released vault tracks. So uh, <laughs> it's been quite quite an interesting past couple of weeks since it's released um it's early december as the as we're recording this episode so you know a lot of for a lot of people a lot of prince fans really into this album we're hearing a lot of these songs for the very first time they're still kind of new you know still kind of fresh in our minds right. and so that's that's really a really cool gift that we were given as prince fans this christmas basically is all of these new songs but Lady Cab Driver is the song we're talking about today, and this is, as I mentioned, the ninth song on the album, of an album of 11 tracks. You know, we're towards the, the back portion, the back quarter of the album. So, you know, these last few songs, um, they really run the gamut. Different, different sounds, different themes, you know, and the song that I did before this, uh, Free, completely different theme than the song we're going to be doing today. Yeah. So, when I think of, personally, when I think of Lady Cab Driver, when I listen to the song, it kind of comes across to me as a bit of a, a fantasy, um, a fantasy put to music. And, you know, Prince or his character is, is you know, the subject of the song or, you know, the um, protagonist. And then he meets this, this woman, this mysterious cab driver. And what happens from the rest of the song time, you know, the time that the opening chords guitar and then there's the hand claps that the song starts off with and the lindrum and then when prince enters into that cab from that moment on the rest of the song kind of feels to me like like a fantasy i don't like something that's not really happening it's almost like some it's a figment of someone's imagination and i we know that all these songs are coming from the the imagination of prince but this song, for whatever reason, comes across to me more as a fantasy than most of the other songs on this album. What do you, what do you get when you listen to this song, Karen? So when I listen to it, to me, it does sound like something that could be happening. You know, mm -hmm. especially when you hear him hail the taxi, like this is a real person hailing a cab, getting into a cab, saying that it's a lady cab driver and. You know, he's attracted and he starts talking to this cab driver about trouble winds are blowing. You know, he's not in a, a good place. He's lonely and he wants her to take him everywhere, take him to her mansion. You know, he wants to kind of escape from whatever he's dealing with. 
at that time, the, the character. Uh-huh. So that's how I relate to it. Like it's something that could actually happen to someone. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, because I take it kind of like as escapism for for the singer, for Prince or whomever, you know, the character of Prince that he's playing in the song. It comes across to me as a bit of like escapism. Like he's like we both agree, like he, the lyrics are pretty plain. He's got problems. He's he's um, experiencing some sort of existential crisis or, you know, having having right. issues in, in his in a relationship. But there's something going down that he feels very uncomfortable about. And so he's almost like using this cab ride as like therapy or, uh, you know, escapism, like I mentioned before. So we both are on the same page there. And it's kind of interesting how we both have different um, takes on where the song goes, which is which is kind of cool. So on that note, I think maybe we'll just get started looking at the lyrics. Okay. Okay, so as you mentioned, um, he hails hails a cab early on in the song. You hear him say, taxi, taxi. If we're imagining this as a scene in a movie or something like that, I think of Prince like standing on the street corner. He hails his cab. He enters. And as soon as he sits down, he starts singing these lyrics to this woman. He notices that it's a woman cab driver, which... You know, it's not a very common thing. Let's just be honest. Uh, I looked right. at the stat. I looked at the stats because I wanted to see if if my perception of women cab drivers was reality. So I looked at the stats, and as of 2000, I know that's almost 20 years ago now, but I don't think it's changed that significantly in in 19 years. There was only uh, approximately 13% of all cab drivers were women. So. Wow. Yeah, so that's not a very big percentage. And if you go back to even further, they didn't have numbers for like 1980 or 1982 when the song was written. But if you go back 40 years prior to that, it was like 5 or 6%. So I imagine around the 80s, early 80s, those numbers were probably around 10% or so, maybe a little less. So that's, that's not a good likelihood that Prince's cab is going to have a woman driving it at the time um so so right off the bat you know that that kind of it's, this is kind of a little bit why i think of it as escapism for him because the fact that he was picked up by a cab driver a and b uh she's very attractive <laughs> so we, we have right. to assume <laughs> yeah what's um, the likelihood so. of He's now in a cab, and his first lines are, Lady cab driver, can you take me for a ride? Don't know where I'm going, because I don't know where I've been. So just put your foot on the gas, let's drive. So, you know, right off the bat, as as we both agreed, he's he's kind of just wanting to go. He doesn't doesn't say specifically where he is is asking her to take him, just take me for a ride don't know where I'm going right there. doesn't know where he's going and I don't know where I've been. So, and I actually, you know, when I heard this or when I was going through the lyrics to this, it reminded me a little bit of the ending of uh, joint to joint. You remember uh, that song off emancipation, right? It does. You know, he gets it after all of that, after that, I mean, that song is kind of bonkers in terms of like all the different, ways it it goes musically and all the different directions it takes but at the very end he gets into a car i don't think it's necessarily a cab it could be a cab it could be just um you know his personal driver or whatever but if we assume it's a cab he says something similar he says uh the guy goes where to and i think prince says like anywhere just drive right <laughs> oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, no, I, I mean, for years I hadn't thought about that either. I just, it just came to me when I was going through the lyrics in preparation for this episode. But, but so he, so he, that's a little bit of a hearkening back to Lady Cab Driver, recorded in 1982. Um, that was a mid 90s Prince song, and 
So, you know, 15, 14, 15 years later, he is doing the same thing on Emancipation. But yeah, in this song, he's saying doesn't doesn't know where he's going because I don't know where I've been. So he feels like a little I feel like he's a little lost, not just just not um, physically lost, but like emotionally lost. Like he just is a a little bit in in a troublesome spot, I guess. Right, that's what I understood. You know, like, I don't know where you can take me, but like you said, just drive and we'll figure it out. Basically. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll figure it out, exactly. Right. And then the next line, lady, don't ask questions. Promise I'll tell you no lies. Trouble winds are blowing. I'm growing cold. Get me out of here. I feel I'm going to die. And that, for me, is also just kind of saying... A lot of the same things like the first verse is really introducing the setup for the song where he hails the cab and then he tells her basically nothing. You know, he doesn't really give her any indication of what he's what he's doing, where he's going. She te- he tells her, no, don't ask any questions so he doesn't have to lie to her. Uh, Trouble winds are blowing. I'm growing cold. Get me out of here. I feel I'm going to die. You know, that could mean get me out of the city. That could mean get me out of whatever situation I put myself in or that I find myself in. And this is why I continue to think of it a little bit like an escapism song. Like he's just trying to run away from the realities of, of his life or the world around him. I agree. And, and I don't know if, if anyone else thinks of this, but whenever I hear the song, the, the honking horns, I always just envision New York. <laughs> And, you know, yeah. a lot of people come to New York to because es- they're running from something or they're uh, escaping from another situation and they're coming to New York to start over or to do something different. And I, I don't know why I just picked that up when I first heard that song. He must be in New York, even though he probably obviously could be anywhere. But Yeah, right. You know, you're not alone. You're not alone with that. I mean, as a kid, when I heard this song and I think because maybe when I was a child, a lot of television shows that took place in New York City, you'd always see them hailing cabs because that is that was like the main mode of transportation. Like hardly anybody drives in New York City where I've been to Minneapolis many times and, you know, everybody drives there And, and in a city like Los Angeles, everybody knows that's a a city of cars, you know, that's so New York City is just a city where taxi cabs are super prevalent, at least especially in the 1980s. So it, I, I think that you're probably not the only person, Karen, that their their brain immediately went to Prince's in New York. <laughs> <laughs> What's yeah. he doing in New York City? <laughs> right. So, yeah, it's and, and for this song to start this way. I guess a little bit for me also the whole album kind of leading up to this point gives Prince and us as the listener kind of some some reasons for him to think like things aren't going so well. If you think back at like the different uh, the different track listings starting off the album with 1999, you know, we've got nuclear holocaust fears and just the end of the world. Then the uh, much of the rest of the album, he's dealing with, you know, relationship issues, uh, right. automatic, something in the water, um, little red Corvette even. So there's there's plenty of songs leading up to Lady Cab Driver that, if you're listening to this sequentially, you can think like he's escaping all of this stuff that he's been singing about up to this point on the record. Maybe trying to escape, you know, the city because he feels like, you know, if there's going to be a um, a nuclear attack, New York City is going to be a target. So if we're just going running with the idea that he's in New York City, sure. plus plus then you got the next song is all the critics love you in New York. So I think the two songs back to back and they kind of bleed into each other really gives us that feeling that he's in New York City even more so than maybe if if all the critics in love you in New York wasn't the next song. Right. So he's got all these relationship issues that he maybe he's trying to you know, leave one of these, uh, these, these bad relationships that he's finds himself in, 
or he's just trying to get out of the city, you know, escape to the country, escape to um, somewhere else where he feels safe. And, and luckily for him, he's got an attractive female cab driver to take him there. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Lady cab driver, roll up your window fast. Lately, trouble winds are blowing hard, and I don't know if I can last. So that is basically the chorus where he repeats the line, you know, the lady cab driver line, and the trouble winds are blowing hard. So he says trouble winds are blowing in the in the verse, but he um, expands on that with the trouble winds are blowing hard, and I don't know if I can last. The chorus, for me, just more of the same, where he's really just kind of um, explaining his position to to the cab driver and explaining why he needs to take this ride. Any other thoughts on the course or first verse, Karen? Pretty much the same thing. You know, where is this cab driver going to take him? Does she understand what he's saying that he really needs to escape? He mentioned don't ask questions. She could have been like, you know, what are you talking about? You know, but I think seeing him in a cab, I'm thinking that he's trying to convince her, you know, look, I just need some help here. I just need you to, you know, get me out of here, get me to a different place because I'm, I'm dealing with something right now. He's, if you think about it that way, he's literally just still talking to her about, look, this is what I want you to do. Yeah. And the line, I feel like I'm going to die or I feel I'm going to die. You could take that a couple different ways, too. You could take it literally, like if you're thinking from back to lyrics of 1999 and what's going on in that song. Like, literally, I could die if I don't get out of here. Or you could also think of it just, you know, emotionally, he's dying inside and he he needs a relief. He needs an escape. And, you know, people people say that sometimes and not mean it like I'm dying or, you know, I feel like I'm going to die. When really they're just they're just scared. They're just really frightened, and it's um, it's overpowering for them, and that's why he's escaping. And I like the fact that you can look at it from so many different angles, either literally or metaphorically. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I like that. Yeah. So the next verse, lady, I'm so lonely. I know that's not the way to be. Don't want isolation, but the air makes me cold. Drive it, baby, drive it. Drive this demon out of me. So this is the first portion of the next verse. And so now he's 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 talking now. He's he's not just giving instructions to drive and don't don't ask me questions, you know, get me right. out of here. He's actually starting to open up to the lady cab driver. He explains that he's so lonely and he doesn't he doesn't want to be lonely. He knows that that isn't he says that's not the not the way to be. So he he understands that his loneliness is not where he wants. It's not something he desires, his loneliness, because he says, I don't want isolation, but the air makes me cold. So he's looking for, as you mentioned, some help. He's looking for I feel like he's looking for. um like a shoulder to cry on almost, but he doesn't really want to cry. <laughs> he's looking for something right. else, but, but I think he's also using potentially a sexual encounter with the lady cab driver as, as a therapy session. I really, I, and I, and we'll get, as we get into that portion of the song, I'll make my point a little clear, but uh, here with these lines, he's just explaining he's, he's lonely, you know, and he's trying to maybe become more sympathetic to the cab driver by explaining his position here. What do you feel about that? Right. If he is looking to get laid in a sense, he needs to be more, I guess, vulnerable to this cab driver because this is to the cab driver. This is a stranger that just got in my cab, Mm -hmm. you know, but if he's trying to seduce her, so to speak, he's going to want to be more personable and let her know, you know, who he is, his sensitive side, I need somebody to hold me type of scenario. So she'll, you know, soften and be like, oh, okay, you know, I understand what you're saying. And, you know, maybe if she's attracted to him, you know, she'll look at him and think, well, this might be an opportunity. 
So yeah. I think that's why he's saying more about himself and admitting the fact that he's lonely so that he can be more vulnerable to her. Yeah, for sure. Vulnerability and and sympathy is what he's kind of expressing with these lines. He's he's elicit, trying to elicit sympathy by being vulnerable, as he mentioned. So um, that's his that's his ploy. Whether or not he's intentionally doing that to try to get laid, or if if this right. is just how he feels, and he's just opening up because he's in a he's alone with this woman in this cab. And he just feels like he can do th- he can do that. But the line that here at the very end of the section of the second verse, drive it, baby, drive it, drive this demon out of me. So this demon, what um, what do you take that to be, Karen? I would think the demon is the depression, the loneliness, the sadness, uh, the indecisiveness. The, the troubled winds that he keeps talking about, the trouble he's in, you know, he wants to, he wants her to drive those bad feelings out of him. Mm-hmm. That's the way I look at it. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. And I, I jotted those notes down as well, but then I also thought of something else, you know, so if you're thinking of, of sex in a very uh, religious context, sometimes Sex can oh. be looked at as uh, demonic or sinful, depending on um, the type of religion and what the beliefs are. So maybe the the demon is. I was thinking maybe it was more of like his his demonic sexual side. You know, like drive this demon out of me, drive these desires, these unholy desires out of me. <laughs> That's very good. That's very good. I just thought of that last night. Yeah. <laughs> Because, you know, because the song goes and takes a very sharp turn shortly after um, the second verse and it gets very sexual. And so I was just thinking, where's the tie in? You know, how does it go from from here, from what he's talking about being lonely and scared and and um, frightened of, you know, the cold winds blowing and he's just in a bad way. How does it go from there to like this this raucous sexual encounter that he has with her later in the song. And this is the line, just because of, you know, the context around um, sin and the devil and sex are all sometimes... Prince always preached sexuality and spirituality and religion are intertwined. So he didn't, he didn't believe that himself and he didn't, he didn't sing about that. But we, we both know that there are belief systems where sex is looked at as a very, I wouldn't say um, sinful activity. It depends on how it's being used. Like if it's casual sex outside of marriage or, you know, that could be looked at as sinful to to some. And in this song, I mean, he just met this woman. So (laughs) they're obviously not in a relationship. They're not married. So any kind of encounter he has if it's being looked at by those people would be looked at as sinful. And so the demon in him could be his, his desires, his sexual desires. I I don't know. That's, that's just one take on it. That's a good one. I that's, and I like the fact that we're looking at it from different angles, which I think is what Prince wanted his listeners to do. Just that. Yeah, exactly. Take me to your mansion. So after the demon line, he implores her to take me to your mansion. Honey, let's go everywhere. Help me, girl, I'm drowning. Mass confusion in my head. Will you accept my tears to pay the fare? Ah. <laughs> that, that's, a, that's a good one. Um, <laughs> so going now back you don't to have the whole, any money. <laughs> right? He doesn't have any money. Going back to the whole um, sympathy and vulnerability 
you know, he's really playing that up hardcore with that last line. Will you accept my tears to pay the fare? He's really, really playing that up, playing the sympathy card to get this woman um, to basically drive him around for no money at all. Will <laughs> you accept my Basically. tears? <laughs> the the line where he says, "Take me to your mansion." <laughs> so this confuses me a bit if we're looking at it literally, because what what cab driver makes enough money to live in a mansion, right? Exactly. So, I said the same thing. I think a lot of people that listen to the song and hear that line think the same thing. If we're thinking of it like literally first of all how how would he know where she lives a mansion or not so the more i think about it the more i'm thinking he probably doesn't mean mansion in the in the sense that it's a, an enormous home i think he maybe he just means like the place where you live and he just says mansion because he's just trying to you know put something in there and that doesn't you know not an apartment or a home it's it's a mansion take me take me to this amazing place where you live this mansion so i don't i don't know i don't i don't really have besides the fact that this is potentially still a fantasy of his that he's trying to fulfill uh, a, a female cab driver rare and she's attractive and she is actually listening to him and interested in him when i would think a lot of cab drivers you know they, this is what they do for a living their their job isn't to be uh therapists in the front seat <laughs> but but in this case it's working and then let's say this cab driver has a mansion she lives in a mansion so what if she just drives a cab as a as a hobby you know she doesn't really need the money she just does it because she enjoys the interactions with other human beings i don't know it just all seems very fantastical to me well, I said the same thing that, you know, your man, you can call wherever you you're living a mansion. Yep. And I agree with you. I think he was just, you know, being cute when he said mansion, yeah. you know, not literally a mansion. Yeah, exactly. Clearly, if you're a cab driver, you don't have a mansion unless if you want to just put it out there, you inherited this mansion <laughs> that you live in. Yeah, and she's you know, just you driving don't pay cab. For it. You just live there. Yeah. <laughs> this is a. Uh, although I would think, like, if <laughs> me personally, just me personally, if I inherited a mansion and I was, I had like this enormous inheritance, and I, but I just wanted to work just to do something. I don't think I would drive a cab. It seems no. like kind of, kind of a dangerous <laughs> job. <laughs> a dangerous Especially back job. then. Yes. Yeah, and and being a woman cab driver on top of it. Come on. Okay, so uh, anyway, after the mansion line, honey, let's go everywhere. So he doesn't even, now he's just being confusing. Take me to your mansion, take me everywhere. And like you said, he's just probably just being cute. You know, not really meaning, because how can you go everywhere? So it's he's just trying to be a little bit uh, cute here with these lines and a bit of um, conflicting answers, just to maybe confuse her or just you know, make himself more, endear himself more to her. Help me, girl, I'm drowning, mass confusion in my head, which goes back to all the comments that we've made so far about the first verse and the chorus, about him just really having a tough time and having difficulty getting through whatever this tough period that he's in. And will you accept my tears to pay the fare? So at this point, we realize that <laughs> he doesn't have any money, and uh, and if he really doesn't have any money, He's going to have to pay his fare a different way. And I don't think tears is going to be the way he pays it. <laughs> no. No, no. No, ma'am. So any other comments on the second verse before I move on? No, I think we touched on it. I think we touched on the different angles, the different way that you can look at what he's saying or, you know, how he's saying it, how she's interpreting it. So I think we're I think we're both on the same page. Yeah. Yeah, at this point we we don't we don't know how the lady cab driver of the song is taking all of this in. Right. Um, because there's no back and forth. This is all this is a one-sided conversation, a one-sided um lyrics. He's just singing these song singing these lyrics to her and we don't have any idea, you know, like what is what is her take on this? <laughs> You know, she's a probably lot of times, looking at him in the rearview mirror like, who is this idiot? <laughs> yeah, in other songs, in yeah. other Prince songs, or even like on the Time albums, 
Prince had female voices in the background, you know, and they would sometimes have back and forth. You would hear like banter between Prince and a woman, or I'm just thinking of songs like off of What Time Is It, um, the Time album, where there's members of Vanity Six that are talking smack to Morris and he talks smack back. And so you get you get a feeling like he's singing these lyrics and then you hear what the woman is thinking about it. In this song, we don't get that. We don't get that luxury. We just have, you know, the one side until we get to about the three-minute mark, a little past three minutes in the song. This is an eight-plus-minute song, so it's a long song. And only about three minutes in, we get the whole section where we we now understand where this goes, where this is going. It all worked for Prince and and Lady Cab Driver as well. This is what she wanted. If if um, if she's looking for also a sexual encounter, she got what she wanted as well, because right. now for the next basically minute and a half, you get Prince um, working out all of his frustrations in a in a sexual encounter with the lady cab driver. So apparently it worked. All of his pleading and his you know tears and his sensitivity worked for him. <laughs> Right, in a big way. <laughs> in a big way, yes. This is basically the the climax of their encounter, pun intended, because it all leads up to this portion of the song. So the 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 music changes slightly at this point, um, and now we start to hear like these uh, these bed creaking noises, and now Prince has he's dedicating each one of what we have to assume is one of his thrusts to something early on in the song. He's dedicating them to either like some sort of personal or social issues. And he sounds, it sounds angry. sounds kind of pissed off. Like he's really venting his frustration that he's been building up over these first couple of verses. And he's, he's really letting it all out in this sexual encounter. And you hear in the background, the lady cab driver is clearly enjoying it you know she's she's expressing pleasure so it's not one-sided and just as a note the lady cab driver um is credited as jill jones i think that's been well established at this point Uh, it was credited right there on the album it said lady cab driver jj so we all know at this point that is jill jones so right so anyway um before i get into the the lines so I guess, Karen, what were your thoughts? Maybe if you can recall the first time you heard this song and you got to this part of the song, or if you don't recall, then, you know, like your thoughts about it today as a, as an adult. Well, that's, that's the thing. When I was, you know, when you're younger, you're sometimes clueless <laughs> about sexual things. Yeah. And when I heard it the first time, I thought, maybe he was hitting her you know or or inflicting some kind of harm on this woman like you said he sounded angry yeah you know so i was like what's that about you know but then you know as i got older i realized what he was what we believe that he was actually doing in that moment when he was Mm -hmm. saying all of those things but um yeah when i first heard it i i thought that he was hitting her or you know, doing something to her because, you know, like you said, leading up to that point, he had been troubled. He had had troubles going on and it obviously it's coming out as he's having this experience with her, mm-hmm. you know, so that's what I, when I first heard it, I thought that it wasn't a good thing, oh, okay. but, you know, but as I got older, I realized, well, no, she obviously sounds happy, so it couldn't be a bad situation. So. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. Ah, no, I, that's interesting. Um, I heard this song first. I was a teenager at this point, so I was, I had figured it out. I was aware of what was happening. Um, by the time I finally heard it, I wasn't that young, probably as young as you were when you heard it for the first time. So, for me, I never had any confusion what was going on. It was pretty clear to me as uh, a late teen. So it was. Um, it's one of those songs where even to this day, um, when I hear it, if I'm in a car with like my kids and this part comes on, 
I either turn the volume way down or I um I skip past it. It's just right. it's just I don't know. I mean, I it's it's fun part of the song. It's a very important part of the song, but it doesn't mean I d- I don't have to feel uncomfortable about listening to it in front of my kids. And so like if I was a kid, there was no way I would have wanted to listen to this song or this part of the song in front of my parents either. So it goes both ways. I'm just you know, an adult now, a parent, so I can't, so now I look at it from that, from that perspective. Right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like, it's like watching a sex scene in a movie with your kids. It's, it's kind of uncomfortable. <laughs> Very. I can definitely understand that. that and, and even though he's saying a lot of important things, you know, it's still, he's still doing what he's doing <laughs> regardless. Yeah. And if it wasn't for the, squeals the pleasured squeals of, of the lady cab driver jill jones in the song in the background you could almost kind of forget right. what he's doing right you know it just kind of feels like he's just saying words and you know and sometimes he says i'm a little sexual but he does that a lot of his songs he will right. sing certain lyrics and certain lines in a very sexual way but the fact that you forgot her moaning and groaning throughout the back of for a minute and a half a solid minute and a half of her, <laughs> of her moaning and groaning in the background that uh that's where it kind of leads it to being a super sexual song at least that portion of it and there's no question if you're i mean my kids probably they probably wouldn't have any idea let's just be honest but it's just it's just my my uncomfortableness with it that causes me to turn the volume down when this portion comes up yeah i don't blame you for doing that it's, <laughs> it's a lot it's a lot it's a lot all right it's so lot. since it is a lot i think maybe we should start going through it this is for the cab you have to drive for no money at all this is for why i wasn't born like my brother handsome and tall this is for politicians who are bored and believe in war and this yeah that's for me that's who that one's for Discrimination and egotism who think supreme and This is for whoever taught you how to kiss and design a jeans uh, That one's for, that one's for where you have to live This one's for the rich, not all of them, just the greedy The ones that don't know how to give Okay, so the first line that you hear him say This is for the cab, you have to drive for no money at all So the fact that he's telling her that she's doing it for very little money You know, when he says no money, basically, well I mean, Prince didn't pay her any money, so <laughs> he's paying her through tears and sex. So right, uh, he's he, he's not really helping her her cause here. But he says, "This is for the cab. You have to drive for no money at all." So he's basically speaking for, you know, all cab drivers who probably make low salary for this this dangerous and tiring job. This is for why I wasn't born like my brother, handsome and tall. And just if I look at this line. So Prince didn't have any brothers with both of his parents, uh, John and Maddie. So all of his brothers were half-brothers, either his mom's sons from her previous marriage or his dad's sons from his previous marriage. So I don't know. I didn't look into how handsome or tall any of his half-brothers were. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, I didn't either. I, I don't know if that was just the lyric or if it was really something he was talking about yeah i mean um, could be just yeah. there but sometimes those types of things are are steeped with a little bit of of reality or a bit of um you know jealousy i guess like say for example he did have some half brothers that were what he would call handsome and tall and you know we all know prince was a short man maybe right. he as a as a youngster growing up he might have looked up to them if they were older and maybe got a little jealous of of the physical traits that he didn't inherit who knows but but he says that line this is for why i wasn't born like my brother handsome and tall so if you're listening to this podcast and you know for a fact that he prince's older brother half brothers were handsome and tall (laughs) let me know this is for politicians who are bored and believe in war this yeah that's for me that's who that one's for this is for discrimination and egotists who think supreme. And this is for whoever taught you how to kiss and design your jeans. That one's for, that one's for, for where you have to live. 
This one's for the rich. Not all of them, just the greedy. The ones that don't know how to give. So I'm going to pause there. Those That's basically like the first half of the lines that he sings during this, this portion of the song. And as I mentioned, like all these lines at this point speak to some sort of, like I said, social issue or personal issue. Like, you know, the line about his brother, handsome and tall. But a lot of them are talking about the world around him. You know, people being paid um, poorly for for their jobs politicians who are starting wars or think war is the answer to or the solution to economic crisis or some sort of conflict across across continents um discrimination so he's talking about racism discrimination egotists who think supreme so for me that's you know people who are really just um full of themselves and think that their ideas and their thoughts are more valuable than others. So these first section of the lines, lines that he's singing or speaking when he sounds angry, you know, do you get like kind of like the same feeling? Like he's singing these lines and are angry because they, they kind of suck. And these are some of the things that he's pissed off about. Right. It, it just sounds like, you know, in that moment, all of his frustrations just started to come out about everything, mm-hmm. you know, and and it lets it makes you wonder where was this place he was in that that all of this would come out because, like you said, he talks about personal things regarding his brother and possible being jealous of his brother, and then he goes into political statements. Mm-hmm. So he's just kind of like all over the place. It's like this is my opportunity to get this out the way I've been feeling, you know, this was, you know, the drive I needed. In other words, the, the way for me to, you know, get this out. Yeah. Or get these demons out, as you mentioned earlier. Yeah. Yeah. These could be all the demons too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. These lines are are interesting because it kind of really gives you us, the listener, a look into Prince's head at the time. Like he's a, you have to imagine if he's writing the lyrics to the song, these are some of the things, whether some are made up for, you know, for some levity or not. But a lot of these you have to think and assume that there were true concerns or problems Prince had or things that were weighing heavily on his mind. So I think this just gives us a good glimpse into Prince's brain at the time in 1982. Like what were the things that he felt were, our social ills are, are, are thing, the things that really kind of bothered him about the world that he lived in at the time. Now, lines like, this is for whoever taught you how to kiss and design your jeans. You know, I mean, that that is one of those lines that I mentioned that's probably just in there a little bit for, for comedic effect. Uh, to, as you mentioned, he's all over the place. So he's talking about in one line, this is for discrimination. And then the next one he's talking about, you know, women who don't kiss well wearing designer jeans <laughs> um, right. so it, it he's all over the place and this is this one's for for where you have to live that one is funny because if you're going back to the line about her mansion what this leads us to, again to believe that she doesn't really live in a mansion you know she didn't take him back to a literal mansion she took him back to probably her her crummy little apartment and and so one, now he sees where she lives, and so he's dedicating one of his thrusts to the fact that she probably lives in a shithole. <laughs> True. And then he, I was thinking, too, that he he said you, but I don't necessarily know or know if he was talking about where she lives. Like, you meaning where we have to live. You know what I mean? Yeah, could be. Could be. Once again, that's another one of those lines that could mean multiple things. So it could right. be he's telling the lady cab driver that he's pissed off for the place she has to live because if she makes no money at all driving cab or just where you have to live. Like, you know, if there's um, the slums or the ghettos or the parts of the country, this we're supposed to be a first world country, but we have poverty, we have homelessness. So there's there's a lot of really bad places to live in this world. Um, right. So, you know, he's, he's angry about that. He's angry a little bit about 
the wealth distribution, the inequities about that. He talks about the greedy. So, you know, this one's for the rich, not all of them, just the greedy, the ones that don't know how to give. So that, that kind of speaks still against the, um, the, the disparity of wealth in our country. And yeah, the reference to designer jeans, you know, designer jeans were huge at that time. Mm. So, you know, maybe that was just a, a dig at the current culture at the time. Yeah. Uh, you know, because designer jeans were really popular at that time. So I think it was just a sign of the times, basically, no pun, that he mentioned that. Yeah, um, they were the they were the trend, but they were also expensive. And so exactly. Not everybody could afford these designer jeans, which were looked at as, you know, like a status symbol. It's just the stupid pants that you're wearing. <laughs> it will tell you whether or not somebody is is well off or not. That's true. This one's for your 77 and tourists at Disneyland. And this one, oh, yeah. That's the one. That's for, that's for the, the creator of man. This is for the sun. Okay, so then the next section of this portion of the song, now it starts to get a little... Well, the next line's weird. It's just plain out there. This one's for Yosemite Sam and the tourists at Disneyland. So, I mean, I kind of get where he's coming from with this line just because I, to me, it goes a little bit back to the controversy album, the song Sexuality. And on Sexuality, he expresses his disdain for what he calls tourists. Tourists that they look at life through a camera lens. Yeah, I remember in that song, he says, yeah. what, no flash again. <laughs> We live right. in a world overrun by tourists, 89 flowers on their back. And so he calls them double drags that teach kids love is bad. So I think this is kind of going back to the same thing about his disdain for tourists. And he doesn't, liter- once again, doesn't literally mean people who are just visiting Disneyland. He's, I think he's calling these tourists, these people that see life through what, what he calls a camera lens. And so it's all... It's not focused on the external. It's what's in front of you and what is very picturesque. And it, we have a little bit of that in our life now with social media where we present a certain lifestyle that we may want to be living. That doesn't mean we actually right. live that way. There was no social media in the early 80s, but they had people with cameras. And and cameras, you were able to take a picture with those, that camera and you could have right next to you a homeless person laying on the ground starving to death but you're taking a picture and the little lens is going to only show you what's in that box and then that box could be something very beautiful too and the picture wouldn't pick up everything around you it just picks up what you wanted to pick up and so that's that's one way that i interpret that line and, and how i kind of interpret his disdain for tourists uh, in this song as well, where he talks about Yosemite Sam and the tourist at Disneyland. So, when you hear that line, do you get? I mean, what do what do you think yourself, Karen? Well, I'm glad that you gave your take on it because I, I I'll be honest, I had no idea what he was talking about. <laughs> like what? It's pretty but, out. <laughs> yeah, but what you just said. I appreciate that because that gives me a whole new way of looking at that line because I I had no idea what he was talking about. I, I really didn't. The tourist line comes up had come up again in previously in sexuality, so that's I kind of think of it from the same same standpoint. But now at this point in the song, when he says that's for that's for the creator of man. So he after he says the Yosemite Sam and Tourist of Disneyland he tells her that this one's for the creator of man. So he's talking about God, obviously. And then all of a sudden he starts to become a little more, I mean, his, his voice changes. He becomes more serene in his thrusting <laughs> and in his dedications. He seems more at peace, less angry. And now his dedications become more romantic, a little more thoughtful, 
bit more spacey too. Like some of these lines are new agey thoughts. So there's a very distinct line drawn in the sand after he dedicates a thrust for the creator of man. So it's almost like he's been, um, he's gotten all of his frustrations out and now he's thanking God again. And now he's thinking of, you know, God has entered into his thoughts and now he's calmed down a bit. Now he's feeling very romantic because, you know, for Prince God and spirituality and sexuality are very intertwined. Right. So, so did you pick up on that when you heard this, the, the, his tone change? I did too. Um, I thought that because he mentioned what we perceive as God in that moment, it gave him a sense of clarity and it kind of brought him back to himself. Uh, and he started to relax and feel hopeful almost, mm -hmm. you know, despite what I'm dealing with, there is hope in all of this. Yeah, that's good. That's good observation because it does feel hopeful. All these lines now from this point on, after um, getting all of his frustrations out early, now he's talking about this one's for the ocean, the sea, and the shore. So, you know, talk about nature and the beauty of nature. This one's for you. That's who that one's for. So now he took, uh, he took one from himself early on, talking about, you know, being greedy and selfish. He, he said early, very early on, this one's for me. That's who that one's for. But now... Now that he's in this frame of mind, <clears throat> he's dedicating one to to her, to the lady cab driver. Right. This is for the women so beautifully and complex. So now he's just basically dedicating to all women because he's, he's a lover of women. He's a lover of beauty. And he finds a lot of beauty in, in the female, female form. Right. This one's for love without sex. So he, even though he's having sex in the moment... <laughs> he's he's um, realizing that there can be expressions of love without it leading to sex, and he's he, like you said, he's he's got like this moment of clarity where it's all becoming very obvious to him the 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 good the good in the world. He right. was so angry and frustrated and scared of the way he perceived the world leading up to this encounter, and then it's just like wow, okay, yeah, I mean nature, there's. I love women, and, and and love itself is is a wonderful thing, even if it doesn't lead to sex. This is for the wind that blows, no matter how fast it's slow. Not knowing where I'm going, this galaxy's better. Not having a place to go. Now I know. This is for the wind that blows, no matter how fast or slow. Going back to nature again, and just you know the earth around us. Not knowing where I'm going. This galaxy's better than not having a place to go. And now I know. He ends the song with that very kind of pointed line, now I know. I know. Right. I like that. I like the how he kind of closes that all out where he says, because very early on in the song, he says, I don't know where I'm going. And he still says, I don't know where I'm going. But it's better to not know where I'm going and still be on this planet. Exactly. Because the world around me still has all this beauty that's worth living for. And now we knows. Uh, that's really kind of cool. I like the ending. I like the ending a lot. I did too because it, it brought the song full circle. Mm -hmm. I thought. So there, there was an ending to it even though it was kind of all over the place at one point. You saw him get to that point. Okay, I get it now. I, I, I know. Yeah. You know, I may not know everything, but I know where I'm going at this point. Yep, he didn't know where he was going, but now he does. Right. Because the world is still has a lot of beauty in it and and there's still a lot a lot of life to live. I mean Prince is a young man this when he's singing the song, so he had to realize that he had a lot to live for and so does all so do all of us as listeners of this song in two thousand nineteen. And so, you know, you can take a look at it from it being a very sexually charged song in this portion of it. And there's certainly a case one can make for sexual therapy, you know, to get some of your frustrations out. And he makes that point very clear here. But there's also the second half of this portion of the song really lets us know that while sex is great, 
there's still love and there's still all this other stuff that is important too and we can we can experience all of it it's not all or nothing we can have we can have it all um and we don't have to compromise i guess well you know those those endorphins kick in (laughs) (laughs) exactly So that's why, that's why he was like calm and peaceful for that moment. We have to hope that it's not fleeting, but maybe next time he feels this way, he'll have to hail that cab again and <laughs> something <laughs> and get his lady cab driver to help him out because it, it really worked for him. It, it really calmed him down. <laughs> Absolutely. She Absolutely. did a wonderful job of calming him yes, down. Yes, she did. Yes, she did. <laughs> All right, um, so that is Lady Cab Driver. I mean, this song is, there's still a good almost four minutes of music after this portion of the song. And he repeats, you know, Lady Cab Driver a few more times. There's some more drum beats. There's guitar. You know, he has a guitar solo in it towards the end of the song, which is great. And But because this is a lyrics podcast, there's really not much more lyrics after this. The rest of the song is music. And um, so I guess the, this will be the, the time to, to close it all out. I think we, we kind of covered Lady Cab Driver as best as we could. There was a lot going on in this song. <laughs> despite, despite not having a lot of lyrics, there's a lot to talk about because it's, a, it's one of those songs, I think, that can be interpreted multiple ways, which most good Prince songs can. And right. people get really kind of honed in and focused on the sex part of it. But leading up to that, I mean, what, what gets us, what gets us the listener to this point and what does it all mean? What, cause there's, I, there's definitely meaning into, in this sex part. It's not just for shock value. I really don't believe that. I don't either. Um, do you have any final thoughts on lady cab driver, Karen? Well, I'm, I'm glad I had the opportunity to talk to you about this song and to get your take on it. I'm looking at the song kind of in a different way now. Um, and I appreciate that. And what's interesting, like you said, the, the sex in this song was there for a reason. And like you said, I think it was a way for him to get through whatever depression or issue he was having to get to the point of clarity. I think that that, that was his breakthrough in a sense. You know, and he used the sex to get to that point. So I think that that was really interesting that he used it in that way in this song. Yeah, that's a good point. And I think we all probably need to find our ways to kind of, whether or not we meditate or, you know, (laughs) whatever, go for a nice long walk. All of every, every person in their life has times where they they're just not feeling you know they're having a, a bad mental health day i guess you'd call it um yeah. just not having a good day mentally and to find that thing that gets us in that place of of clarity and peace again bring us and center us again we all need to figure out what that is because not all of us can go hail a cab and expect yeah. to find what we're looking for <laughs> in the front seat of a of a cab so um, yeah, that's the takeaway for me is, is figure out what that is to help help ease our minds. This has been the Press Rewind Prince Lyrics Podcast. I've been your host, Jason Brenninger. I wanted to thank Karen Shedrick for joining me again. Thanks, Karen. You're welcome. Thank you again for giving me this opportunity. I really do appreciate it. Anytime, Karen, anytime. Uh, Get a hold of me at uh, PressRewind75 on Twitter, Instagram. I have a Facebook page. All right, well, thanks, and until next time, goodbye.